ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and we have a very special episode of the show for you today, an early adopter of The Scoop podcast, Kevin Johnson, joining us on the other side of the mic, the VP of Institutional Sales and Trading at Coinbase. Uh, sir, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, out of your day to... I mean, it's, it's quite interesting, right? Because as you were just saying before we turn on the mics, you're, a lot of the focus is figuring out ways to maybe take some of the more crypto native stuff that has existed within the hollowed halls of, of Coinbase and trying to reconfigure it for institutions um, uh, with the Web3 wallet for Coinbase Prime being a, a recent and key example of that. Um, maybe we can sort of start with like an overview of of that process, right? Um, obviously, it, it is a slower time in the market, but is there, in terms of the interest in in sort of leveraging more crypto-native infrastructure, what does the interest look like from an institutional perspective? Yeah. Well, well thanks for having me again. Uh, it's great to be back here. And you know, when I look back to that first chat we had three and a half years ago, we were talking about you know, institutions coming into crypto for the first time. And we were building you know, Tagami, one of the first prime brokerages for crypto. Since then, we've you know, kind of incorporated all of that technology into Coinbase. And really, step one was to build products that were tailored toward institutions at Coinbase with the features that they needed, strong custody, uh, you know, smart border routing, across multiple exchanges, mm-hmm. better execution tools. Um, and we succeeded in doing that and launching Coinbase Prime. And now we're going even further because mm. I'd say corporations and businesses that want to either build in crypto or need more tools, uh, you know, they want to take our underlying technology and build their own, their own companies, their own products, essentially to white label what we have. And so Coinbase is now through our developer group started to sell a lot of that underlying technology. Uh, and that's a really nice evolution because at the end of the day, Coinbase, you know, Coinbase needs to grow this whole crypto economy. And we can do that, you know, as a first party with our retail clients, you know, with our institutional clients that we have on our systems, but also by selling technology now. And so how did this sort of um what was the sort of uh genesis of of bringing wallet to the institutional platform? How did it sort of come to fruition? Yeah, there were a couple of things that happened. You know, we'd always seen the demand for clients wanting to get on chain. You know, obviously Coinbase is a centralized exchange. We work really well for getting from fiat to crypto and doing sort of trade execution and custody. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get on on chain and use a smart contract, you know, do something on Uniswap, lend on Compound or Aave, that's a much more difficult process. And especially for an institution or a business, because not only do they need a tool like a MetaMask just to get to the chain itself, they want additional controls to be able to configure multiple users to share the same account, to set up permissions for which users are allowed to do certain activities for saying that, hey, you can't do a transaction until somebody else gives it a plus one. And so it was always in our plans to take the great centralized tools that we had built with those multi-user capabilities and eventually bring those on chain for clients. The other big unlock that we had was we bought a firm called Unbound, 
which was mm. one of the premier MPC technology firms out of Israel. Yeah. And, you know, they came in and did a really great job building kind of the next generation of their tech for all of Coinbase to use in various parts of our business. But we were essentially able to take their wallet as a service kit that they built and build the Prime Web3 wallet on top of that. That was the final missing piece that let us build this self-custodial wallet, but with the features that institutions needed. And then we effectively merged that into the Prime Brokerage product. So now anybody that has a Prime account with us can effectively copy and paste their user permissions and their setup and get an on-chain wallet uh, on nine different networks that are EVM compatible and start to interact on chain. Are you seeing some of the, well, I want to break down what the client profile looks like for people engaging with Web3 via Coinbase. Mm -hmm. So maybe we start there and then I'll ask that the second question that I, I have burning in my mind. So let's start there. Uh, is it is it is it a specific type of client or is it does it run the gamut? Um, what's the profile of, of folks who are maybe dabbling in both centralized um, trading via Prime and, and then decentralized? Or what would we call it? DC fire or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's interesting is there are many different use cases that we're seeing come to us. The, the first and most obvious was, you know, the hedge funds and trading firms that were using the prime brokerage for execution and custody. Now they have another way to get to DEXs to do lending on chain. So that was an obvious choice. They needed a safer way to do that. Um, you know, they wanted a way that they could kind of take that permission setup that they had on our centralized platform and, and use it uh, in DeFi. So that was the first and most obvious choice. But what was interesting is we saw new use cases come up along the way. And those came on the other side of the spectrum with people like corporate clients. So, you know, over the last couple of years, there was sort of a wave of NFT adoption amongst corporate clients who wanted to use that for loyalty or marketing programs. You know, they wanted to do a mint. They wanted to do something on chain. And what they found when they got here was it's not easy to do that. Um, they almost always needed the help of a, of a creative firm or a, a consultant who, who could help them with that process. But even then, the tool sets weren't great. They found themselves you know, having to like custody thousands of dollars of Ethereum on a, on a MetaMask laptop on you know, some creative agency's system. And, and that's not good for anybody because it's challenging from a security perspective, but also from an accounting perspective. Right, you don't have great control over your funds. So we have we saw a lot of willing people coming into crypto wanting to use these tools, but they weren't able to do everything they wanted to do. And I'd say a lot of people kind of fell by the wayside because you know, either their lawyers or their compliance officers or their accountants were like, hey, this sounds like a great idea, but I just can't do it safely yet. And so this use case we think solves all of those problems because we can create a self-custodial wallet uh, that's completely controlled by the client that we've onboarded, and they can set up whatever permissions they need, up to and including adding a third party onto their account. So we've now seen use cases where if you engage a creative agency to do an NFT drop for you, you can give them permission to suggest a transaction in the wallet, which might be the initial mint of your NFTs or, or something to do with the contract they want to deploy. But then the firm, the corporate firm, has the final plus one on when that goes to the chain. That gives them full control of the assets, means the creative agency doesn't have to take the risk of custodying assets for them. And everybody at the firm now feels much more comfortable with the process 
for how they get to market. So we think this is going to be a big unlock for corporate clients as well. But it's all the same underlying tech that you would use for a trading firm. And I'd say the third use case we're seeing come up is there's a big wave of interest in tokenized assets. So people are talking about taking real-world assets and putting them on chain so that we can interact with them in DeFi or in, in many different ways. All of those firms that are going to do anything in real-world assets need a wallet. And they're not going to be able to use you know, just a, a basic MetaMask on a laptop. They're going to need an institutional-grade wallet with permissioning, with all the whitelisting features they require, and with the controls to safely interact with those on-chain smart contracts. And so I think those are the three main use cases we're seeing uh, coming up now for the wallet. What about um, like more um, trading firms or hedge fund clients? Are they are they engaging in the same type of activity that we see retail degens participating in? Like, you know, we if we rewind the clock to this summer, the base meme coin frenzy, and then more recently, of course, things like friend tech. Um, and some of these more, um, now there's words, I think is also on base. I don't know if you've seen that. And then um, there's been some uh, offshoots of front tech with post tech. Are they, are, are, are institutional or obviously they'd probably be on the long tail of hedge funds, but are you seeing uh, people engaging in Web3 in that way? Yeah, there's definitely a subset of traditional hedge funds that have started a crypto forward trading group, uh, and then obviously many crypto native hedge funds that have always been doing this. Mm. Um, and so they've, you know, over the years found different ways to get comfortable with how they get on chain. And I think a lot of them are looking now at the tools that we can provide and they're excited to move to a safer setup and, and especially something that sits alongside their centralized setup that they already have with us. Because if you're a trading firm, you can't just do everything on chain. You're, you're likely going to be you know, arbing something on a centralized exchange, or you need to put more fiat in, so you got to do a quick trade and move it on chain. So having those systems be next to each other with the same permissions, the same controls, the same audit trail, it's very convenient to have this all in one place, all in one system. And so they're going to benefit from that, from that synergy going forward. Mm. And to what extent would you say their interest, like have they, to what extent would you say they participate in like, you know, Web3 uh, summer, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there are some firms doing that. Um, it's the more sophisticated ones. It's the ones who can understand the dynamics of the different trading and lending markets. Um, and I think I think there's a broader desire there amongst hedge funds to get involved. They certainly have the brain power to pick apart these financial systems and find you know, find the edge that they're good at, but some of them now, I think, will have the ability to get on chain with these tools we're providing because you, you had to both have the, the the trading smarts to figure these systems out, but you also needed the technology to get there safely. And, and the best trading strategy isn't going to work if you lose your keys. Um, so now I think we have a safer way to help more people get into this asset class. Does it make bridging more intuitive? So the great thing about our Web3 wallet is, or one of the great things is we we took the same technology that we use on our retail wallet. Yeah. So I, think our, I think our retail wallet is one of the best wallets out there now. We've done a fantastic job of adding features over the last year uh, to improve the bridging experience, to improve you know, managing multiple uh, seed phrases in the same wallet. 
Um, so all of that technology that we create on the retail side gets to be used by the institutional client, including the bridging, the, the pre-transaction analysis to make sure you're not interacting with a nefarious smart contract, uh, even NFT viewing. It's, it's kind of cool to show you know, the corporate clients how you know, you're going to see your NFTs right there in the wallet, just like you would on the retail wallet. So we're, we're really standing on the shoulders of giants there by taking that same technology and, and basically embedding the new consensus and key management technology into it, and then mirroring that up with our prime platform. It's, it's really all three of those technologies blended together. Like if I were to sort of uh, take out a loan on the prime side to trade across different venues, to what extent could I leverage some of what I've got going on on the Web3 side as, as collateral or the other way around? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you know we've increased our financing capability on the prime side. Um, you've seen a couple of news stories come out about that over the last few weeks. Um, so you could certainly take advantage of that financing capability and then move some of those assets into your Web3 wallet. We don't yet have a way to uh, kind of tie back those positions because remember, this is a self-custodial wallet. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, this is software. Mm -hmm. We're providing you this window on-chain that you can use, but you retain full control of your keys. Coinbase does not have control over your keys with this product, just like the Coinbase wallet for retail. And this is really important because you know, we're really thought of as a centralized organization, but our mission is to get people on chain in a self-custodial way, but in a safe way. Um, so it's actually it's actually a feature that you know we don't have claim to those assets that you would move into the Prime Web3 wallet. So what has feedback been so far from users regarding the integration? Uh, it's been very positive. I think for a lot of people, this was the thing that they've been waiting for, either to get into the asset class or to scale up what they were doing. Um, we have a lot of people who have kind of breathed a sigh of relief. I, I can't tell you how many corporate clients come to us saying, help me out. I've got this guy in accounting with a laptop and a seed phrase on it, and I'm worried, you know, the hard drive is going to die. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is the, this is a breath of fresh air for a lot of people who have been trying to get in for a while and going forward, it's going to enable more people to come. So all to all the people that looked at crypto as a marketing tool or as a loyalty fuel over the last few years and found it to be too challenging, they should really take another look and come and see the suite of products that we have now between our custodial and non-custodial products to help them out. Mm. And what, what do you think the most challenging aspect was for them? I'd say it was definitely that security aspect, a combination of the fact that you've got to back this key up in a way that you don't permanently lose your things. But then also that with traditional wallets, you know, anybody with that seed phrase has full control. It's like giving somebody a copy of the key to your house. They basically own your house, right? And, and and you know that's challenging in an environment where you know you try to spread that information out across a couple people. If one of those people leaves your firm, they've got your key still, and, and that's just that's a risk that many corporates couldn't get over, especially when you have one of a kind assets or like an ENS, right? If you've got your corporate name as an ENS, you can't risk losing that. That's a one one of a kind asset for you. It's not something that can be replaced with money. So. For some people, that created a, a situation that was a non-starter. But now they have that control. Now they can say, okay, we have KYC users on the platform. Uh, it requires two out of three people to sign a transaction. If one of those people leaves the firm, not a big deal. We can rotate them out of the MPC key setup and get somebody else put in their place very, very easily. 
And we also have a number of other key backup systems that they can engage that still don't give us control over the keys. It's still self-custodial, but it gives them gives them the comfort that if they were to lose devices or whatever, that they're not they're not stuck. And and that's gotta be like probably I would imagine just thinking, you know, if I were to put myself in the shoes of of a corporate new to crypto, just it disappearing into the ether would probably is probably the biggest thing that would that would frighten me. And and also just hacks. I mean, like they seemingly are occurring on a they seem to be occurring on a on a more frequent basis, at least relative to where we are from a price perspective. Um, typically, that type of activity increases as as there's more value to be extracted, but right. it hasn't yeah. seemed to have waned in the same type of uh, with the same degree as price has. Can can you maybe dive deeper into some of those security features? And I'm sure this is a question that clients would you know ask. Yeah, they're they're definitely concerned about this. I'd say you know first and foremost, the MPC technology that we utilize, that consensus happens off chain. Mm-hmm. You know, on-chain MP, and on-chain multi-sig solutions are great for certain use cases, but that opens you up to the smart contract risk for that signature process. So all of our MPC tech is essentially off-chain. It's controlled by you know our many generations of different key management software that we have at Coinbase, so battle-tested for years. Um, and it, it'd be, it's very difficult to even fathom how you could get through that, both because of the MPC tech, but also because our user authentication tech, you know, we require everybody to use YubiKeys. You know, there's no, you know, there's no SMS attack vector here. You have to have a hardware YubiKey to use the system. So that that's great to begin with, but then you can go further, right? So, you know, let's say somebody does get duped into doing something and they actively you know, go to the wrong site. We can whitelist smart contracts for you. So let's say you want to make sure that your team only does one thing. We can whitelist a small number of smart contracts that they can interact with. And that way, if they got a bogus link to a fake NFT marketplace that try to get them to sign away their, uh, you know, their NFTs to somebody else. If, if, if they're, if they're on Twitter and they see a, a post from their favorite project and then right underneath it, free airdrop, free airdrop, click here. Yeah. Yeah, so like right away, a whitelisting system there would just prevent that from being a problem right away. Mm. So, what other um, future enhancements are are planned? What what sort of um, should we expect? So, you know, we want to keep expanding network support. So, we have nine EVM based networks today, mm-hmm. uh, including you know Ethereum base, Optimism, Arbitrum, Polygon, and a number of others. So, you know, look for us to broaden support there to other chains in the future. We're also improving the reporting capability. Um, you know, so we we have kind of the basic reporting that you would need to do accounting on what you're doing. But you know, it's always useful to have more color on the transactions in the site. So we're working on that area, and then we're thinking about other use cases like APIs to expand what people are able to do with these tools. So lots of great things coming in the future. So what what's sort of going to happen with APIs? So today the product is you know for humans, uh, you know, to interact at human speed on chain. But we certainly recognize that there's a need to automatically interact with the chain, either for trading purposes or deployment purposes. Um, so we're, we're looking to add APIs to automate some of the functions that humans could otherwise do, but still having 
a consensus mechanism and, and all the whitelisting security protections we mentioned earlier. So what type of what type of things could you automate there with APIs? So envision like, you know, your trading system suggesting a DeFi trade and then having a having a trader give a plus one before it goes to the chain, for example. But it's much, much, maybe much easier to have your system generate the initial trade than to have the human have to manage. So you could build like algorithms that can then through Coinbase wallet trade across. Yeah. Same thing we do on the prime side, right? So you know, we have an API for trading. Obviously, we have a number of hedge funds and investment managers that trade through the UI, but more and more of them are using the APIs to automate their trading strategies. Same idea. You could suggest those trades then into the Prime Web3 wallet, and then it's up to you what kind of consensus mechanism you'd want to have. So that's, that's, a, that's an example of a future feature we're going to work on. And so how does this fit into your remit? Like walk us through the... Is this is this just a part of it, or do you have other things cooking? So I, I love the fact that this brings together all the different things that I'm passionate about at Coinbase. I spent a long time on the Prime trading side, building you know the Coinbase Prime, effectively the the, the newest version of Tagomi, and now I look after all of that infrastructure that we sell to other people. This is an example where we kind of took some of that infrastructure and, and built a new Coinbase product on top of it. And it really shows the power of what you can do with our wallet technology. Um, so it, it's both a great product in and of itself, but I actually think it also advertises our wallet as a service product, as a uh, as a product itself to other people who might want to build their own version of this. Um, this is one of those things where we, we see a lot of people in the space trying to build startups and creative new companies, but starting from zero is really hard. Mm -hmm. And you know, the last thing you want to do as a startup is have to build some very complicated MPC technology, you know, that in some cases takes decades to perfect. Um, you know, it's it, and that's the the thing you have to get right as well. So what we're offering to to those types of firms is the ability to get a head start, to take our technology, but then to be able to white label it. You know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have to scream Coinbase everywhere. Like you can build your own UX on top of this technology, integrate it into your app however you see fit, and and, and then it's yours. Are and people doing? Have people begun doing that? They have, yeah. So we just released the wallet as a service product externally a little while ago, and we're actively working on new features there as well. So we're definitely excited to see to see that uptake, and we're excited to see what people do with it. Because again, our our job here is to grow the crypto economy. Coinbase is going to be an important part, but we can't be the only thing that people use. So we want to see other builders build on top of our tech. We want to give them a an unfair head start building their technology so that they can deliver great products to their clients in their jurisdictions with whatever particular problem they want to solve. And that's just going to grow the entire ecosystem. And we're excited to, to see that happen. Mm. What have been some, like what's been an, a surprising maybe um, success story that you didn't anticipate? A great question. I, I, I was really proud of our base launch and on-chain summer. Mm -hmm. um, I think our team did a fantastic job there of, both creating a fantastic chain that kind of becomes a no-brainer choice for people who are trying to build on layer twos. There's lots of great layer twos out there, but if you're new to the space, navigating those choices is very tough. There's lots of different pros and cons, different factors to weigh. Coinbase really wanted to create a chain that you know people could rely on that was going to be supported by all of our great tools. And so if you're if you're new to the space and want want a good home with lots of great product support and lots of great other uh, DApps already deployed there. We're hoping Base was the home for that. But on-chain summer really took it to the next level, you know, demonstrating to people what you could do every day on-chain, and not just the crypto reflexive use cases, not just 
you know, trading tokens and lending him tokens and farming, but like real creative use cases, you know, so I got my, you know, my Atari NFTs and I, I just got my, my hat and fanny pack in the mail. Uh, and you know, now I've got that permanent sort of on-chain and physical memento that I have from on-chain summer. It's great. Can you walk us through like what, like, I, I like the, <laughs> I, I like that you sort of, um, break it down in terms of token reflexive and, and not, um, when we when you, when you think about the more creative side of 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 the of the client base, uh, I think Coca Cola was one that was mentioned in in, yeah. in marketing materials back in back when on chain summer was was kicked off. What do they? What do they? What are the metrics for success for them? Like, what do they want to see? Do you have a sense of that, or is that more something they work through with like the the um, you know, the, 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 the sort of, uh, agencies, um, with whom they, they kind of, you know, create these, these marketing campaigns or, or do they look to you for something, um, that they want to get out of this? Like, is it any sort of, is it on-chain metrics? What are, what are they looking for? Yeah, I'd say we become a new medium for their advertising. And, and it's different than other mediums where you might look at, you know, eyeballs or impressions or interactions. Um, we have a new set of metrics we can look at. You know, we, we can help them, for example, figure out how many unique people actually used their thing. Was it, was it one dude who clicked the button a thousand times or was it a thousand people that sort of independently minted the NFT? Yeah, someone you just know, sibling for that Coinbit, coin, uh, um, Coca-Cola airdrop. Right. You know, so we have, you know, we have our own tools to help detect uh, you know, unique people, obviously, for, you know, for us to determine the success of our own products, um, you know, we're going to be pretty quickly working on, you know, kind of like on-chain IDs and attestations that will help further with, with that type of analysis. But that's an example where when corporates come into this space, they're going to need uh, a person not only to get, have them get to the chain and to work on chain, but then also to measure their success. It's a new type of data science that they're not used to doing. Um, and we have the on-chain analytical tools to help them measure that success. Well, sir, um, anything anything else you want to leave the audience with? Anything you're excited for, maybe outside of of Wallet? Uh, boy, there's there's a lot going on here. I mean, I think we've, you know, I'm really proud of what Coinbase has done over the last couple months fighting for our industry. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've been humbled by the amount of support we've gotten by the community supporting us. Um, you know, I think I hope I want people to, to take away the fact that, you know, Coinbase is here to make crypto successful, mm -hmm. uh, not just by building our own products, but by helping other people build products and by fighting for the industry. Um, and we're going to keep doing that with the things that we create, uh, with the partnerships that we have. You know, we you know, we're, we're lucky enough to be picked by a number of people to be partners for, you know, all the ETFs that are going through the approval process mm -hmm. now, for example. Um, you know, those, I think, are. Hopefully, you know, green shoots that people can see that are coming, um, uh, coming in this industry. You know, if you remember, I'm pretty sure the last time we spoke three and a half years ago, I'm pretty sure it kicked off the bull market back in 2020, 2021. So I'm, I think I'm looking forward to this, this conversation being the next catalyst. I think we're, well, if, if macro and, and the Fed can, can maybe just, you know, ease the brakes a little bit, that, that'd be nice. Then we'd be, we'd be in good shape. Uh, sir, thanks so much, Kevin, for joining the program. Uh, where can where can people learn more if they're if they're keen to? 
Yeah, so you definitely check out you know the Prime Web3 wallet. If you go to coinbase.com forward slash prime forward slash web3, you'll see all the great information about our wallet tools and the rest of our institutional tools. So definitely check that out. Uh, there's some links to, to get a hold of sales if you want to talk more about your specific setup. And we'd be really happy to talk about anybody who was either trying to get into on-chain activity before and couldn't or, or maybe is now and is looking for better options. We're, we're, we're here to talk to everyone. Awesome. Thanks again for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. And The Scoop will be back for you with another great guest. Have an awesome day.